gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I am your conspiracy asshole. Primetime 99, Alex Stein on the grind all the time, and we got a very special guest to help us unplug from the fake matrix of lies. We got a wild child with us today. We got a hot potato. He's not gonna, you're not maybe able to handle him without your gloves. You're gonna need your kitty protection because this is a, some adult topics, folks. You know what I mean? You're gonna have to try to really dive deep into the pineal gland because we're gonna talk about some serious occultic, satanic, ritualistic abuse and some stuff and terminology that you may have never heard before and stuff that can be shocking and disturbing to most people. So, I just want to say, get your mind right, and with no further ado, I want to welcome our very special guest, the one, the only, the author coming here to, to talk about his very new book. It is The Global Death Cult by William Ramsey. Ladies and gentlemen, William Ramsey, welcome to The Conspiracy Castle. How are you doing, my friend? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Alex. Yes, it is such a pleasure. A man like yourself that has done so much research. Uh, you know, it. How have you not gone down the rabbit hole and gone crazy yet? That's my first question. Uh, I, th- I think I already did that, and then came out the other side. So uh, there's a lot to a lot of stuff to research there. There's that's for sure. Okay, and so basically, what what turned me on to you is I just did a, a some Google quick Google search, and I saw a lot of the books that you've written about. And I and and for me, I was even saying I was starting it with this. Alistair Crowley to me is is one of the most important because like people don't realize he figures into space he figures into a lot of weird stuff Scientology like people don't realize you know Hollywood how much he's influenced at least our generation our parents boomer generation your generation like he he's he's this figure that not a lot of people know about and he's pretty messed up guy and one story that sticks out with me is that and you know more but this story always disturbs me the most is that supposedly he would do like a party trick where he'd go to like a party, they'd be at like some Hollywood party and they'd find the person with the worst breath and he'd have him spit in his mouth. And he would do it just because he loved like germs and being nasty. And 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 so tell me, uh, is that true? Or, or have you heard stories like that? What have, what have you heard? And tell us a little. I haven't heard that story, but I have heard stories of him going to parties in New York City with mescaline and overdosing people and generally just acting like uh, a real jerk is a one way to put it. But uh he definitely mixed around with a lot of the celebrities of that of that era when he was in the U.S. for sure and traveled through L.A. But, yeah, his influence, I think, is much more profound than people think, at least if they're if they're attached to the corporate media. But uh, in my book, Children of the Beast, I tried to detail all the stuff that came after Crowley, such as Leary, the 60s, Aldous Huxley and uh, so many bands and things like that. So, yeah, very influential. And then 9-11 which I covered in my book, which I published in 2010, it was Prophet of Evil, which shows that Crowley's numerology is in the events of 9-11. Wow. And, uh, well, yeah. it, 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 well, I mean, well, not, I mean, I just talked to um, uh, uh, Chris Roberts about, you know, the occulticism and, and the numbers and numerology of 9-11, but what is the connection with Aleister Crowley and 9-11 real quick? I know that's probably deep, but... Uh, well, his, his kind of main number, and the number kind of of the occult milieu that he came to grow up in or really realizes occult dreams in in the late 19th century 11 was their number so the 11 is the number of magic so it's really a prime number but it's also the number of the new world order in their system because it's the pentagram and hexagram which are five and a six coming together so 11 
And it's mentioned prominently in probably Crowley's most important or famous book, which is Book of the Law. The 11 is my number and those of, of them who are of us uh, is what it states in the Book of the Law. And so that number it comes into nine eleven, right? It's nine eleven. Obviously, first... eleven. Yeah. So, right. but so I didn't realize the ma- the the mysticism of eleven. That's a big time. That's the number of magic right. is eleven. Wow. Right. And so you'll see that in Harry Potter, for example, is a perfect example because his name itself is a five and a six, right? Harry Potter comes together as eleven. His his wand, probably the most famous movie series and book series in world history, is eleven inches long. So you see that same pattern, the same numerical pattern. I wish my wand was 11 inches long. God almighty. What I'm jealous. Okay. But then, but that's not it. There's more, there's more occult kind of numerology. So Crowley was a person who believed in the Kabbalah. Certain segments of the Kabbalah is known as gematria, where you can transliterate words into a numerical value. So he transliterated two really core doctrines in his religion of Belima or agape. And that transliterates to 93 in, in Kabbalah, and then the other is uh, Will or Thelema, which also comes to 93. So you see plain 93 in the event, and then 77 is the number of Babylon, but it's kind of a different spelling. It's B-A-B-A-L-O-N, but in his, in his theology, you're supposed to have the beast, which Crowley is the beast, and Babylon can join together, and uh, so Babylon is very important. So 77 and then 175 in Crowley's system is which God do you adore? It's a ritual, but it's supposed to be contained, this God that you adore. So you can see this, this theme of adoration of some God in the, the plane 175. And uh, so, I mean, the whole thing was ritualized. You can get into the Twin Towers or really an 11 up against the it sky. Is. There is. Wait, wait. But one thing you said, you said something about the 93 and the connection with Kabbalah. How much of uh, Aleister Crowley comes out of uh, Jewish mysticism and all that stuff? Well, that's a good question. A lot. Uh, they, the, a lot of Kabbalah and the numerological system actually kind of goes back into old Greek, which you can determine the universe through mathematics. So Crowley kind of adhered to that idea. But he definitely referenced the Kabbalah, and he was part of a train transliterated a book on the Kabbalah from Eliphas he Levy. Did, who, he, wait, he had a trans... Wait, he would say that again? What did Alistair Crowley have? Well, he... I think... I can't remember the title of the book, but there was this person who Crowley's considered his most influential his, his, source. His mentee. Was Eliphas Levy. Was, okay, yeah, he was a mentor. He was the mentee or whatever. Well, right? it's more than that because Eliphas Levy wrote kind of the Secret of the Mysteries and he put all of this... He was an ex-Catholic priest but he died in 1875, which when it was when Crowley was born. So Crowley didn't only have an ideological affinity. He thought he was the resurrection of Elvis Levy and writes about that. Wow. So, but, and they say he conjured a gin. I almost, and, 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 am I saying that right? Right. Yeah. Right. No, but there's a lot of stories of Crowley communicating with spirits in his biography and in his life, all the way from Bulliskin Manor when he did, rituals there pretty much to the end he was always trying to communicate with people and he had all these rituals he had the jurensis working the alamantra working where and that was in new york city it's actually in washington square people are familiar with the new york manhattan kind of geography but he was there but that was where he drew in his encyclopedia he drew the kind of what we know as a gray alien so he drew that in 18 1918 and in my mind in my understanding that's the first real reference 
to an alien, but he wouldn't have called that a UFO. But to him, that was a discarnate other dimen extra dimensional being. But you can see that drawing. You could actually just pull yeah, it up. Yeah, I've, right se I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen that picture. Oh. You know, it's like basically the, the alien they use in all pop culture. It's basically like the right. same picture. Hey, well, how does that connect? How does like the Kabbalah and all that stuff connect with like, and you might not be the right authority on this, but you look at like the Bible. I'm not a Bible expert at all. And you look at there like in what is it Jeremiah 15 where it's been taken and they say you shouldn't cut down a tree and like adorn it with uh, uh, you know gold and silver. It's, it kind of basically says like Christmas is like a pagan root, you know. It, it, so it's something like we make okay. What other satanic stuff is like that? That's kind of has like uh, that we think is normal. That's satanic in, in theory. Or from the occult. Oh, that's a big question. I don't. Yeah, that's I don't, what I'm saying. That's a question. I mean, you can go back and look at so many of your films and things like that that have an occult under. I mean, Harry Potter is a perfect example. 2001: Space Odyssey. The monolith is 11 feet tall. So people look at that as a mystery. But if you are a Mason or you are into Western esoteric, esotericism, you kind of know what the real meaning was. And people who were not initiated would kind of look at this as a mysterious, unknown symbol and i think that's kind of the commonality of and that's the power of in part of the occult is these ideas are occulted they're being de-occulted by more researchers not just me but there's all kinds of occult ideas that we're swimming in through the day which you know would take take 10 years to forever kind of i know so there's many so, movies and people it, there's so like there's so much hidden stuff okay well explain this then uh, uh my question is the global death cult in your in your book explain what's the uh organizational structure in your opinion i know you don't know but where does it start to start from the the secret societies of the 13 families of the illuminati or in your opinion i mean you know what i'm saying where do you where do you where do you go and where do you start off in the organization i guess you'd say the organization well history. i think it's tough to unpack but if you want to i mean i do think that a lot of these elite families are kind of eyes wide shut families particularly the rockefellers which the bushes are kind of like the front men for and on 9 11 really is kind of uh centered around a lot of Rockefeller things. I mean, the World Trade Center was financed by- David and Nelson is David the names Nelson, of the right. building. They called right. it David and Nelson and they both saw them fall down. I mean, so the connection with the right. Rockefeller is insane. No, it's, yeah, it's really crazy. And though both of those buildings are 110 stories. So there's an 11, you know, so they're divided up into three segments. So it's kind of like a symbol. And the whole thing is like a temple. The World Trade Center had all kinds of things. And you can, I mean, a perfect example is the spherical caryatid which is featured in Fight Club. In 1999, that movie came out. Two years later, there it is at the very center of this apocalypse event that all of us lived through. I mean, 9-11 is just a massive world-changing event. And you remember how intense that scene was in Fight Club? Yeah, I remember Fight Club very well. I mean, you want to talk about the occult that you're being subjected to. The deeper underpinnings of Fight Club are incredible. It's a monastic order. There's smiley faces in there, which is something used by a lot of these occultists. There's all kinds of hand signs Brad Pitt is making. There's all kinds of deep reference. Palniuk knows a lot, the guy who wrote that, but uh, it was also, I can't remember the director offhand, but he's been, he has some That's some big director. The guy that directed that, I forget who directed Fight Club, is like one of the biggest directors ever. Right, and I think that he directed House of Cards too, right? I, oh, David I Fincher. David Fincher. Yes, Fincher, he does all. Right. He does all those odd Gone Girl Seven. Man, he did Seven, dude. Right, I just right. think about the movie Seven. How intense that was. I saw that as a kid. That was so traumatic. Traumatic about the Seven Deadly Sins. The person eating till they exploded. I mean, that scene 
just to even have the thought to produce that scene. And I'm not calling them dark because, to be honest, you've looked at all this satanic ritualistic abuse and some of their ideas. You've looked, you've thought sure. some dark thoughts. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. And so I'm not saying inherently David Fincher's a bad person, but to, to be able to recreate that art, you have to be pretty obsessed with it. You have to have a real right. deep well, knowledge uh, of it, not just this kind yeah. of surface knowledge of it. Well, he had I, my understanding is his dad was in Intel, so he has a kind of an Intel pedigree, is my understanding. But yeah, a lot, you can unpack a lot of his works and see the occultism in there. Occult meanings. Uh, very important concepts. Fight Club is off the charts, man. It's I mean, if you really unpack that whole movie, because at the very end of Fight Club, if you remember, they do an explosion in the background, and what goes down in the background? It's the Twin Towers of L.A. So they're foreshadowing 9/11 throughout that entire movie. So those two towers that go down, if you watch the very end of Fight Club, when that scene uh, blew me away. Yeah, when they go and they're watching from the other building, I just have never seen an explosion even on film like that. Yeah, that's, are- that's foreshadowing 9-11. And those buildings are actually this uh, kind of illumined center here of two triangular buildings. I think it's 1920. Uh, oh, gosh. I, it's uh, Avenue of the Stars here in L.A. So they it's very clever, but it's definitely a foreshadowing of, of 9/11 so so William, you're in Los Angeles. You're in the belly of the beast. So you so in a lot of your you remind me of Dave McGowan. So you have to be a Dave McGowan fan if you're in California. Well, I wasn't only a Dave McGowan fan. I know. I mean, I knew Dave McGowan, and I have I have a signed copy of his Weird Scenes book. I went to his book signing at Book Soup before he passed away. So I was friend. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, Dave. you I mean, knew, you had, met him. You, you're like me. We're friends. Right. You're yeah. You're into the scene with them. That's cool. So so tell me, you had to get a little, lot of your inspiration because Dave McGowan. The way he presented it was cool, California cool. It's not all like the world's gonna end. He was, you know, he's real laid back. Like, like, uh, I mean, so if you're a Dave fan, you have to know the moon landing's a joke, right? Right. Yeah. yeah I so mean, this is, I think the moon doggy wagging the moon doggy is the best resource for doubters out there. Maybe some of these other uh, documentaries, but he's done great work. His work will stand the test of time. No doubt. Program to kill, weird scenes, and a lot of his other work that a lot of people aren't exposed to. He did a great job on the Lincoln assassination and all this conspiracies and stuff underneath that. So he was way ahead of his time. And he was one of the few guys, I think it was him and Bill Cooper, were one of the few people that I knew that on 9-11-2001, they knew that it was an inside job. Which wait, I didn't even know. wait, did see? I didn't. I mean, I wasn't listening to Dave McGowan on 2001. So you're telling me, yeah. see, well, I love this going back because now, see, I basically woke up 2015, 2016. I mean, I was still kind of asleep in 2016. You know, I I really didn't wake up, honest to God, until the the. I feel like kind of remember the moment I woke up and realized all the news is fake. Is the day of the election when Hillary and Trump? They said Hillary 99.9 percent. You know, the New York Times said that. And in my mind, you know, you heard the lead up to the media. They always said, "Oh, Hillary's going to win the landslide." And then Trump crushed her. And dude, I did. That was the last thing. I was like, "Oh my God!" They'll say whatever to influence us. Like I thought there was maybe a shred of credibility, you know. Right. And, and after that, I was like, "Oh shit! Everything's fake. Literally, every they will literally say anything." Yeah. It's the great. It's the mighty Wolitzer. It's all fake. Almost all corporate news is trash. So. I mean, it, but it's, it's all fake. I mean, I mean, if they tell you something real, they're telling you that real thing to influence you in some sort of you know thing. And if agreed. they only use truth to use this and make their fake shit real, I mean. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's really insane. So, uh, you know, what do you think's going? Explain the, the the trajectory of society right now and the global death cult that we can't really fight. What what are your? <laughs> I mean, seriously, great. it's not. Great. I know it's not great, and we uh, don't want to be nihilists. So, what do you think? Right. Well, that's what this book is about: is nihilism, and I think that these people want kind of a poke apart, a post 
apocalyptic world that they rule over. That's really kind of their acceleration towards that. And that's kind of one of the themes that's in this book. But the real theme is really about these two groups, Order of Nine Angles and Adam Waffen, which is a very far right uh, group in the United States. It really is very recent, 2015 out of uh, Tampa, Florida was when it started. But I was tracing this ideology that came out of the UK, which is Satanism and is occultism and how it morphed, grew and ended up in the United States and is really still around here today. And uh, that's really what my book is about. Now, if you want to talk about outside of the book, The Global Death Cult, there's, I mean, one of the main themes well, of my book. Well, I want to talk about the Order of Nine Angles. And what's okay. the connection with Michael Aquino? Because he's one of the most famous Satanists there was. And, you know, he was the highest guy in the military. So kind of uh, tell the people at home that, that connection. Well, I think one chapter of my book is about the satanic lever letters of Stephen Brown. He was probably a pseudonym, but what it is is a series of letters from somebody from the Order of Nine Angles communicating with members of the Temple of Set, including Michael Aquino, mm -hmm. who I have like a photocopy of his signature in this. Well, didn't Order of Nine Angles come out of Temple of Set? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know if they were legitimately connected, but they came out of their ideology. Yeah. So I think that Order of Nine Angles... So, I mean, we're dealing for, with satanic cults. You know, it's all right. loosely. I mean, these are like fraternities that don't have a structure. They want to be connected with each other, but so they kind of right. have to play whatever. But okay, sorry. Right. I'm well, that's you a good point. No, you make an excellent point because I think that one chapter in my book shows these guys are in communication even before the internet. So they're sending missives and letters and correspondence. They know each other. They know their fellow friends. They know people who are involved in the Illuminates of Thanateros. So all this heavy-duty underground occultism is there. But I think that what this Order of Nine Angles, they intentionally distinguish themselves from Crowley, Aquino, and LaVey in that their attitude towards culling, which is their view of human sacrifice. That, oh, that's what, yeah, that's what sacrifice, that's what made them different is they were into the murder and sacrifice, sacrifice that's what children. Their central, I think that's what their ideology distinguishes themselves from these other groups who don't have that view that's that obvious so maybe the temple of set is involved in all kinds of they like to larp they like to they like right. to be edge lords even though they go over the edge in certain ceremonies right. they like to i'm saying because they like to scare you into it they like to make you think you like like put you in a blindfold and make you think you're on the ledge of something and it's a one foot tall let you know and they push you off well they make you're you making walk. excellent points because this guy from the ona is saying the same thing towards the temple of set is that you're all posers basically and really? we're the real deal. Yeah. So we're the real deal. And I don't think this group is that big, but I think that they, their ideas are very serious. So, um, and then, then really, if you read through my book, you'll see some of the criminal actions that have taken place people by people who are affiliated with the ONA murders, attempted murders, infiltration of the government, terrorism, attempted terrorism. So, really hardcore stuff. Going back to like my post apocalyptic accelerationist theme. And so it's really dangerous. I really recommend people read this just just to be careful of this group because some of these people who got murdered had no idea the level of lethality they were dealing with. Assuming somebody reads it and believes it, right? So it could be like for any ideology, but if somebody takes it's this rumor ideology, in your window. I mean, we have to be honest because we we don't have footage of it, but we're hearing this from other people. You know, this. I mean, am I am I saying that incorrectly? What do you say that again? Like, I mean, I mean, where are you getting this knowledge? I mean, that's what I'm saying. You oh, don't. Well, say, I mean, you. Well, I you mean, can how, read. A, 
I know you can read about it, but I'm saying, how do you know that these people, they murder more? So they're talking shit. They're like saying, oh, we're the real killers at the Order of Nine Angles, and you Temple of Sets are posers, well, and this is our proof? Because no. then they could go to jail, you know? like what right, Well, this? there are people who are going to jail, and there are people who, who are in jail right now for murders. And if you read through the book, they haven't even been tried yet. There's two. One guy's name is William Von Nudigem, who snuck up on a guy, and there's actually CCTV video of him stabbing and slitting his throat. And then another guy in California, his name was Woodward, who took some young kid out and stabbed him 20 times and buried him in a in a, in a, a shallow grave in a park in Orange County. So those are real cases that have really happened that have, may have- Are those have fairly won. recent? Yeah, the William Von Nudigen was 2020, and I think the Woodward murder was 2018 or 2019. And this is a murder of nine angles, satanic murder? Well, the, the William Von Nudigen probably was, in my opinion, inspired wow. by the Order of Nine Angles, yeah. Wow. So these kids are still LARPing and doing this stuff and playing around with this stuff. Well, I don't think the guys who killed the people were LARPing at all. They're That's not really live-action the role-playing. That's as no. far as it goes. But I'm saying, I think a lot of these people, when I say LARP, they want to LARP, and then they, it's when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, I, I, And, like, they have, to, they have to keep pushing it. Or you know better than me. What well, here's the thing. The structure of the group, the ONA, is a septenary seven-step thing. So you go through different grades. Crowley and the OTO is like 11. So this one has seven. And to, to get and to become an external adept, you have to call or kill somebody. So it's written into their doctrines of murder. Murder, yeah. They say if you want to get up here, like any get like a, like a like the Bloods or Crips gang, basically. You're right. saying they very have a- similar. They have similar writings to the mafia and like other gang activity. Yeah, for sure. Because that just makes you a made man. If you got a murder, that means they have leverage on you, I guess. Or you're in, right? You're 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 in. You're not getting out. They know that you're in. I mean, there's all kinds of weird introductory things to be in the mafia too. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, so let's... this is just okay. another secret society that's really kind of it's a, the advent of it is fairly recent. It's really only 1980s, right? So Temple of Sed and some of these other guys came out much earlier. But it's really also interesting because it has some esoteric cult Nazism too which my aunt, uh, Michael Aquino did as well, who was, was a psychological operative for the U.S. military while he's heading a huge satanic kind of organization, which is very strange. That's more than strange. That's that's, that's improper is what that is. And have like, you ever read Mind War from PSYOP to Mind War? No, but that's his book about how yeah. to, I mean, literally how to run psychological operations on large Yeah, but no, of- it's worse than that because they're not talking about doing a psycholo- psychological operation one time and then next month doing a psychological operation the next month they're talking about total mind war all the time so you just constantly are making mind war against people so it's but we different are than under that aren't we under Absolutely. yeah i mean i no mean question but it's I mean, important to know how these psychological operations people are thinking and i also think it's important to know how these guys the ona and some of these far-right groups really think in the united states because they have some very dangerous ideas well, why do you put them on the far right? I mean, wouldn't they be? I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know which side to put them on, but I don't know if you're a satanic worshiper. Why, I, you, I, they're necessarily a Nazi, you know? I mean, well, I, you have to read the book because okay, this, so there this is a huge connection. There is a huge right, connection. Ide- it sounds like right, okay. but this ideology comes out of the far right of. This occultism comes out of the far well, right. Well, okay. the reason why I say that is because I, I, we can't even talk about the situation that's going on now. But a lot of like, like what's going on in the world now, if you're against the narrative, they consider everybody's and not. You know what I mean? That now, well, I'm, I mean that's their. I'm that's saying their you rhetoric. actually. 
Right. Yeah, no, so no. that's a rhetoric. You know, everybody's right. that. If but that's obviously it. transparently false. It's obviously nonsense. But this is actual real kind of uh, Nazi. That, this is okay. This really has yes. With, well, I but it's it, yeah. almost like a reformulated repackage. Yeah, because they got to make it look different. I mean, they have right. to. Yeah. I mean, well, they um, have an evolutionary view. They think that they're the privileged ones. That the rest of the people who aren't like them are not privileged. They're called the mundanes. And you have this different set of rules for the mundanes that you do for occultists or people in the ONA. So, and I mean, it's a lot like Crowley, you said, you know, we got to give the people the quiet wisdom of the cattle, treat them like cattle to live off their, you know, being or whatever and, and keep, keep them stupid. The slave shall serve. So, that's actually a very common kind of idea within Satanism is that, uh, you know, people are a human resource. Just like a cow. Wow. I mean, we, we, I mean, are, are we not already in the post-apocalypse? Basically, I mean, how do we? I mean, how do we know what? What do we have any structure in society? Like the fabric of society to me is so thin. We're just hanging on by like, we could just crack at any moment, anytime. Hey, civil war. Go back and look at the start of the civil war in this country back in the 19th century. They were people together, but all they had they had a couple conflicts. They had uh, Harper's Ferry, and then somebody shot. You know, at uh, what was it? What was the island again? I don't even remember. Fort Sumter, right? Fort Sumter, and that was it. So the first shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's what set everything off. So it could. This country is like sitting on huge drums of explosives, and all it's going to take for people who've had enough is a couple events, and that's it. So, but this is the thing: America's run by multinational corporations. They're the ones holding us up. But do the globalists, the people around the world? They want to tear down America for their betterment, for whatever reason. They want to watch us burn. But do the multinational corporations that benefit so much from America, don't they want to keep us afloat and running and not crash? Yeah, I would say so. For for so financial... That's that's probably the reason it's holding together. Because those same multinational corporations are the ones who run the corporate media, right? They run everything. Right. It's almost like you're in freaking Rollerball, the original Rollerball with these cartels. The CEO you know, the of are- Oreos wants people to be able to buy the fucking Oreos. You know, he, he doesn't, I mean, and, and the Coca-Cola well, guy wants you to be able to drink Coca-Cola no matter if the world's ending or not, you know? Well, agreed, but they, I mean, they 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 really just want the money. They don't care if you get sick and die or get cancer or something. But, like but you know, to, to that point, then we say that and you look at YouTube, they don't care about the money. They got censored. I'm sure your channel's censored like crazy. You got I got over, kicked off. It's just they, dumb, it's dumb, dumb, Well, you got 15,000 subs, but uh, on your backup channel, right? Well, that, yeah. that was, there was, that was the new channel and the other channel had millions of views. That exactly. I mean, do you see, I mean, so so that's not about the money. Think about how much money you made them. I bet you didn't get paid jack oh, squat, dude. Tens of thousands of dollars, man. I'm probably still making money right now, even the stuff that I have on there. So 100. Yeah. percent But it's, and they since, YouTube is a joke. They're tyrants. So are Facebook and Twitter. So I mean, so we look at though. But so so let's connect that. We got these media companies that are you know all tied in with this you know. Does YouTube want it? We, we, this is what I'm saying. Does this YouTube necessarily want America to crash? No, right? I think in part. I mean, they want certain parts of what their ideas and their worldview, they want that to be predominant. And anybody who disagrees with them, if you talk about COVID as, as being structured as part of like some kind of structured event, which it definitely is. I mean, yes, yeah, everybody, knows, yeah, everybody knows. Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody knows. The, the yeah, election yeah. was totally fake. 2020 election oh. is total garbage. We're definitely, really... gonna, we're definitely gonna have to take this off YouTube. It's okay, fine. Well, no, it's sorry. fine. No, we can say whatever. No, no, it'll be on Rockfin. We can talk about it now. We can say it's fake. Okay. I'm just gonna have to take it off the main YouTube channel. We can't. You're not allowed to say the election was fake. You're not allowed to right. say COVID is fake. 
Uh, um, but that's fine. We can say whatever you want. Everybody knows the narrative is going on. So as soon as it's done, I'll take it off the YouTube. We'll be safe. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, anyway, we said I said fuck YouTube, so they'll probably definitely give me a strike for that theoretically. Oh, I YouTube mean, is trash. They treated me so bad. You know, they told me that I was suspended. It took me four months to find out that they actually terminated me. So they deliberately were engaging in some kind of psychological warfare thing. Where I'm like, okay, when's my suspension over? I kept asking him the question. I literally sent up something 50 times. When is my suspension over? Oh, by the way, we terminated you. So they they treated me like trap, like garbage, like toilet paper, man. Dude, I have nothing but contempt for YouTube. YouTube sucks. I mean, I've gotten multiple oh. strikes. Uh, uh, I've gotten three strikes. Like they've been spaced out, and uh, and right now I'm just I'm back down to a warning. I haven't got a strike in over ninety days. I feel so. They want to turn it into like a la la land, some kind of weird, you know, light minded, non critical strange world where they can just turn you into a piece of like mental blubber i think that's really what it is so anybody who has any kind of actual critical thinking or anything they're off man which is great you can do anything better for yourself than to get off youtube twitter facebook permanently they hate your guts they hate the average person in america they hate they wish you were dead i think of course like for that. for the climate change because that's why that's why even aoc said recently that she's not gonna have kids because of the climate. I heard her say that, and that's that, so... You wanna talk about a mind war psyop, that's the biggest crack of baloney in the world. And you can go back and look at Al Gore's terror piece, his mind warp thing, and how, like you said, we're gonna be underwater in 10 years. Well, nothing's really changed in the time that he put that out, what, 2004? They've been saying that since the 70s that it's going to oh, be underwater. Oh, so true. Uh, 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 William, my first freshman year at, uh, or my first class at LSU is like a geography class or whatever, Ge geography 101. Our first assignment was to watch that documentary with Al Gore, uh, Inconvenient Truth. That was like the in a college major. I went to LSU, major university. Like talk about they're all indoctrination. But I'm oh, just, I'm just saying that. They would have said you. I would have thought I left that class believing. I was like, oh shit, the ozone layer's done. Ozone layer's done. It's thin. It was done. And these guys are all network Gore and Kerry and Bush. Those were. It was all, all stage elections. I mean, everything that happened. Yeah, and this I mean, election, I, this election was the biggest fraud election ever. And I don't even like Trump. I know Trump's as crooked as I don't as like a, Trump. But yeah, you know what? On the left, if you disagree and say it's a fake election, it means you're a Trump lick, lick spittle and a Nazi. Exactly. You can't even say you, but at least Trump is not a pedophile, in my opinion. But I mean, that well, doesn't make him a good person. He might be. I'm just saying, uh, to be honest with Trump, he at least was cooler than Joe Biden, who can't even formulate his own sentences. And, and his wife is up there, caddyshacking. You got Kamala Harris, won't even go to the border. And then this, I don't care about any of that. It's the fact that the Mockingbird media is running cover for them, William. And it's disgusting. Well, no, you make an interesting point. Do you know who really runs the country is the media. It's not the politicians. The media actually does dictate everything. And you that the perfect example is the Trump administration because they twisted everything that he ever said. They literally had the social media and the media companies kicking him off for making statements about a, a fake election. I mean, like, it's unbelievable. How, how do Americans so tolerant of that? That's really the stunner. You think that we're not in a dystopia? Look at how calm, like we're literally in a legal crisis. And look at all these calm people. They just like sit around and 
suck their thumbs. I mean, it's incredible. Well, like, you're just seeing the we can't do anything. Over. No, we are sucking our thumbs. I'm up here. I, I got my asshole clenched because like, I don't want to get. I'm tired of getting banged in it. But what? But what can we do? How can we defeat these global uh, monsters that have all the power? Because, like I said, you know they got those Chinese ballots. You know they had a bunch of paper ballots. And it, it looks, look, let's say this. this is my question. Let me pose a question. Let's say Arizona comes back. Okay, the election was stolen. Then what, bud? Well, the the mass media, the CNN, MSNBC, and Fox will all say it, those, they're they're already probably coming up with crappy propaganda to discount the results of the Arizona audit. Arizona audit right now, they're going to say that Nazis polluted it and that it was a racist. And I can already, I, mean, I already know the the decode the fake narrative that they're going to come up with. So that's what they'll tell people. Um, I mean, I think it's obvious. When, when six of those big major counties all stopped the voting, I mean, the counting all at the same time, that's evidence of collusion. And it's an embarrassment that the Supreme Court didn't handle that, which really should be a real question to every American is why this judicial body did not look at these disputes between the states. And of course, your votes are lessened if there's fraud in another state. I, I think it proves that Trump's a, a crook, a crook though, because he, man, he, I don't, I, I don't believe that was an insurrection at all. They, they walked it in the ropes. That was bullshit. I have a personal friend who's in jail for going up there, but, but Trump should have bailed all those guys out, given them all pardon. Should have said, should have said, I should have taken some sort of blame or something. Should have, should have fell on. I don't know what. I don't know what he could have done. But there's weird. There's something weird that happens. The stasis and the lack of really addressing what happened by his administration is really a question. I think as Byrne, Byrne has written a book about what was going on in the White House and they didn't really take bold action and it was very strange. So I, you know, I, I don't know really what's going on, but that- He I've bitched in, out, bold action, dude. He bitched out like a bitch on that. Right, like, well, I agree. I mean, he, I know, he walked I just... out of the White House with like a dog with the tail between his legs. So everybody who says that he's some kind of literal Hitler- And you know who he got out of jail was Lil Wayne and all those rappers or whoever. Yeah, I mean, there's a little Kodak Black and those guys. And I'm not even mad. Good for them. Get those guys out of jail. But I mean, give me a fucking break. He's getting Jared Kushner's dad out of jail. And that's what he's worried about. And these, these guys that were- literally well call, say what you want they're gonna say an ex-insurrectionist is a new domestic terrorist those guys all loved america every single one of those people in that building loved america well the narrative is is that those people were uh they they always leave out the fact that those people were angry that the election got stolen so they never even be, bring that up that's the narrative and that's really scary is that the fbi and a lot of and the department of justice did not look into a lot of this fraud and right now it's being done by independent parties. It's not even done by the administrative bodies here, which really is, I mean, that's, it's incredible. Like it's a crisis and people yeah. are just like brain dead. It's, it's basically Aldous Huxley. Everybody's on pharmaceutical drugs or drugs of some sort. And they're just like zombies. It's no, it is way, dude, it's brave yeah, the, new world. hundred yeah, percent. The woke aren't woke. The woke really aren't that woke. And all these people with these presumptions that they're, really on the edge is they're deceiving themselves. Okay, but well, what the fuck? Even if we took everybody off the antidepressants, within, I mean, that'd probably make America, the world better, but it wouldn't heal anything. I mean, uh, hey, those antidepressants don't, they're, they're, it's a fake name. They put you in a fugue state. That's why all those shooters are like on antidepressants because they're not happy. They're in a zombie state. A fugue state is like, you're not happy or sad. You're just 
You don't feel anything. Say that terminology, Evan, a fugue state? Fugue state is kind of like a state where... I understand what you mean. I just never heard that fugue. F-U-K-U. F-U-G-E-F-U-G-U-E, a fugue state. So it's kind of like a psychological state where you don't feel happiness or sadness. You're just in a literal zombie state. But that's the lie of the antidepressant is that they're supposedly making you undepressed. You can't feel anything. That's why all the shooters have some kind of antidepressant element to him a lot of high school shooters and stuff almost to a t they're almost all on some kind of pharmaceutical drug i wouldn't touch pharmaceutical drugs no the worst. Want, don't, you don't they, know the pharmaceutical companies if you are taking a pharmaceutical drug man that's what i'm trying to say now we can talk about now with the vaccine because they're gonna take this off youtube i mean obviously it's a fuddy-duddy bullshit uh, uh, and people think that, oh, it's free for reason and, oh, they, you know, big pharma has our back. How does even all the people that actually believe that? And, and I understand the majority of people are stupid idiots. Like I, I, I get that, but how do they actually come to think that a for-profit company, America is one of the only countries that can have pharmaceutical commercials or illegal. How can they realize it's a business and you are the product that they are selling? Right. Well, you can't give people hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and uh, vitamin D or whatever. No. You can't give them that because it's too cheap. Do you know that they're handing that out in India in packets? There's a packet with all three of those drugs because they're founding them to be a good prophylactic. But Tony Fauci is not going to promote those because it doesn't put any money into his pocket or his friend's money. Do you know how many billionaires were made from this whole emergency vaccine thing? The big reason. There's nine new billionaires because of that. Oh, the I know. government put their money there. Fauci's an old-time player. He goes all the way back to HIV, AIDS, all those kids who died taking, uh, I can't remember which drug. AZT. They were, they were AZT. Taking, yeah. Right, so Fauci is not clean. So well, well, you know, all those emails expose that. You know why they had to say the hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin doesn't work? Because you can't get emergency use authorization if there's any sort of viable cure. That's no, seriously. That's why. And and without no, that, right. without right. without that, it would take seven years to get a vaccine done. But with emergency use authorization, it takes seven months. Right. You're probably safer for you to get COVID than take the vaccines. I think. No shit. And COVID is just. Listen, it's just SARS. It's just sudden acute respiratory syndrome. It's about the same amount of people die every year. The same thing. And they just pump up the numbers with people that die of heart disease. They're mixing. There is some sort of respiratory illness that goes around every year, but but right, the fact right. six hundred thousand people died of it is provably false. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that they somebody tinker. I mean, if it's the virus that they show around, somebody put the spike protein and did some nanotechnology to a SARS virus. To so you believe that you think it's a bioweapon? You do think it? Was I think that, that it's. I think that based upon my research, somebody screwed up in China was was doing gain of function research, and that's what the that's why people are getting it. However, I think that the a lot of the illness from the virus could be mitigated by these very over, cheap over the counter drugs. <laughs> Taking vitamin C and vitamin D is probably a great prophylactic just in itself. But like it's called the Zelenko protocol. I think that was the guy from New York who used it. People are using these different protocols to get around this. And so I think that these these vaccines were just a big fat pharmaceutical moneymaker. It's, yeah, it's a Hegelian dialectic. It's a it's problem, reaction, solution. The solution was how do we get everybody to take a mandatory vaccine and charge the government and charge the world for it? Yeah. And so they create but, a reaction with it. They've been trying to do this with SARS, but, Ebola, everything. Right, but they do that for all drugs, for almost all things. You've got to get some kind of pill or something like that that they can charge you an arm and a leg. So they want the illness. They try to have only one solution, and then they try to milk you, milk you for it, so or milk the public for it. So it's not 
like this is just something that happens because of this whatever happened in COVID-19. Yeah, I mean we're de- we're definitely going to have COVID-20, COVID-21. Okay. I mean, I mean it's it's never going to stop. So so uh, what do you think though? They always say the agenda is 2030. I believe that. If this is what I believe is that in the next 9 years, I think we still got about 9 years left of like some sort of this de- semi decency in society, but by 2030 it will there will be some sort of real deal sterilization, a real deal vaccine. You know, I think a lot of this is, is hit or miss. It's, you know, it's not, it's, it's poison what they're giving people, but it doesn't kill everybody. I mean, a lot of people are getting heart syndrome, but I know people that got it and are fine. So, you know, is it as bad as it could be? Are there magnets sticking to people's arms? I've tested a magnet sticking to people's arms. I'm saying, is there fuddy duddy stuff going on with this one? Yes. But I don't necessarily think this might be the kill shot or it doesn't kill you instantly. It kills you slowly. So what do you think is like the trajectory? I, aim? I mean, I, I just don't trust a lot of these people in power. I don't trust the Fauci types who are running the, the National Institute of Health. So I'm not optimistic. I don't know what they have in store. But a lot of these guys knew that this kind of pandemic was going to something of this type of thing was going to happen. There's all kinds of statements from Obama and all these guys. And one of the reasons Fauci probably knew it was going to happen is because he was involved in it. So he's the one that organized it, dude. Yeah. He's the one that did it. I mean, he's been there forever. And it's not funny, but it's, it's bad. Well, it is funny. It's not funny, but the, the thing is, we can only laugh about it, and that's kind of what my show I try to do is try to laugh at this t- horrible situation. Because, like, let's go back to what you're talking about. Let's go back to your books, satanic okay. ritualistic abuse. Well, I'm just saying, SRA people don't think that exists. You got got like Jimmy Seville. They were supposed to like get babies and literally like infants, four year olds, five year olds, six year olds all ages and kill them, put them out in the ocean, do stuff on boats so they would have uh, uh, no No, trace. that's Crowley too. I don't know if you know the Crowley reference in one of his books, The Secret, uh, what is it, The Diaries of the Great Beast. He mentions raping like a one or two-year-old child. What does he say? He says that he yeah, raped so a he one-year-old had child? A, he, yeah, so he was in his magical fraternity, the Abbey of Thelema, in Cefalu in Sicily, in Italy, and he kept very detailed records of all of his working so he would always be writing down what kind of drugs worked what kind of rituals happened what were the results of those rituals and he wrote something about rape infant rape could you imagine if he had a video camera to film all this shit oh my god but there's modern there's modern equivalents there's this guy in this band the um something prophets i forgot and he went to jail, but he was uh, supposedly an occultist, and he was doing that stuff too. I mean, he was what he was, a uh, fucking freak. Pedophores or something, yeah, like this off the charts, really evil stuff. He should have been put to death, but he's in jail. It's called the Disposable Prophets out of the UK. That was a case that I'm familiar with. And there's been others. Uh, I mentioned a lot of stuff in my book, Children of the Beast, of these other kind of cruelly cults that pop up here and there. There's one in the UK. Got the guy's name, but yeah, the real, really nasty stuff. A lot of references to Crowley's work, but uh, just think it's about there. That. I mean, you talk about Crowley. There's tons of rituals. He's doing rituals all the time. So, so what do you think? Obama's been in a coffin masturbating, and uh, uh, I mean, he's probably done some sort of. I mean, I know you don't know this, but he's had to done some weird ritual. Like, like you think he's in a satanic cult? Do you think he's a Muslim, or what do you like? How did how does that? This is what I'm saying. How does it go from like eyes wide shut to being like a satanic Aleister Crowley worship party? Because I'm not, I'm sure they don't all start of Satan worshipers. No, I don't know. But I mean, if you look at the Skull and Bones, which Carrie and, and Bush were in, they're in, uh, they're in a tomb. Somebody pees on them and then they pop out a new man, right? 
That's so, so that's te- that's a humiliation ritual. I mean, yeah, but uh, yeah, but so that's 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 a known thing that happens with skull and bones. But uh, Obama's a strange person. Like his, I think that his he was, there, there was missing records of somebody that didn't see him at Columbia for two years. Like they would, people don't remember him being there. And his birth certificate is obviously fake. I mean, it's a total joke. Dude, that it looks like fake. something that I did. How could they not? And that, that, but see, that's fake too. Because but, they could but see, that's the us- power of mind control. They just tell you you're a lunatic, and why were you? Why are you saying that? So he was known as Barry Sotero. There's, there's other things, but he's kind of like a, kind of a new age or new world order type of person. Do you ever hear stories of him in uh, Man's Country in, in Chicago? No. Oh yeah, we got a bunch of blowjobs from Larry Sinclair. No, he was in part of like a man, like a gay bathhouse called Man's Country. Obama it seems like he's a little light in the loafers. Uh, uh, oh, he's way, dude, yeah, he's, he's way light. Well, he's okay. Way light. Well, what about Joan Rivers? Uh, 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 saying Michelle's a boy. She didn't last very long. No, I know she didn't see. Well, you like to keep it. You see, you kind of stay straight laced. You're trying to play the Dave McGowan. You don't like. Well, to I don't be, know. Hey, hey. I, I know. Mean, I know. But tell me know, this. No, no, no. Just meeting you though. You know, you talk about these intense things. I see you. Do you have like a family? Do because it seems like you got to yeah. be straight laced. Yeah, you do. You got because you see. You know, you got to put on your kind of poker face. You know what I mean? Well, you here's the thing. You, do you know see... that when? Do you know that when she went in for her operation, the doctor made their own decision to do an additional. Tr- treatment on her without authorization <laughs> and that's how she died they were yeah. screwing around while she was under yeah it's fake no it's there's I something mean, really i know that they did that i'm just saying yeah there's two that's that's too suspicious to be believable to me where there's smoke there's fire they kill the government kills people all the time so i'm sorry to say that but i've worked i was in dc from 95 to 98 the bodies piled up all the time i knew vince foster case very well and look at I seth got the hell out of dc i got the hell out of dc so you know there there's yeah it's not good i mean it's really a new realm you live in a kind of a country with the this pastiche this like you know god country you know new zion type of view but really how the u how it really function is it's a new rome they make money from violence like rome they sack other countries i mean we in my time we brutalized tons of panama libya iraq Dude, so dude, you're being heavily than... propagandized, and that's probably what happened in Rome. They probably just BS the people. Oh yeah, we got to go do this. But what we did to Gaddafi was terrible in in Libya. Now it's a slave state. I mean, the destabilization that we do as a country is absurd. But 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 America is just the punching. I mean, we're just like the errand boy. Uh, so so if this is what I'm saying. If they destabilize America, then is there a world bully, or does the world rejoice because the big bad bully's dead? It's a hard I don't know. It doesn't look great for this country. I mean, I'm I'm 52, so I've seen this country change incredibly in those years. From a fairly, I don't know, it just I don't see it holding together. I've never seen these parties so antagonistic towards each other. The whole Trump administration, like they went after him with total vicious propaganda, mind war propaganda the whole time. It was all nonsense. So what makes you think these guys are telling the truth now? Um, and they're gonna do the so same I, thing to DeSantis. They're going to do the same thing to whoever the Republicans Sure they will. They're going to just make some stuff up. He's a Russian agent. People will repeat it on MSNBC. And the, the idiots will believe it. I mean, I live in California. I live in the People's Republic of California. So I talk to people there all the time, hyperventilating about Trump and all this stuff. I'm like, I actually had a conversation with somebody and I was like, okay, well, let's get rid of Trump and let's put in the vice president. 
<laughs> like almost had a heart attack because they didn't really think it through. <laughs> no, they would hate Trump Pence, was, especially because yeah. Pence is anti-gay. See, Trump, if they really looked at Trump, and I'm not saying Trump is some savior, but if they had half a brain, they realized Trump is a liberal. He he wants to help gay people. He's not gonna. He wasn't. He didn't give a shit about those. He did very non-traditional things for the Republicans, like reaching out to African Americans, which was the first time I'd really seen that, and uh, really trying to kind of transmogrify the Republican Party from an all-white party. So, to to his credit, I think so he tried to do. I thought a lot of his policies were good. I was not a Trump lickspittle, but I was not going to vote for Hillary Clinton. That would have been a disaster. What she has to worship Satan? You look in her leaked email. Oh, she's sacrificing yeah. chicken to Moloch. I mean, so do you think she like has an Aleister Crowley book in her? And she goes on vacation to Barbados or wherever. Well, I wouldn't be surprised, and I would actually honestly would not be shocked. I know that she's read. The um, Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky, which is dedicated to Lucifer. She uses Saul Alinsky's tactics all the time. She's constantly lying. She wrote her thesis, if I remember correct, in on college. Saul on Saul Alinsky? No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is not a good person. And in those emails, there were references to MAP, minor attracted person, person, which is a new. When they say mess. MAP, say slow down, slow down. I want to give you the stage. W- explain what MAP means because they kept on talking about a pizza map, 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 MAP was always in there. So I never, they never told me what a MAP was, a handkerchief. What's a MAP? Right. Well, in a sophisticated thing, it's like called a neologism. So you make up a new word to replace an old word. But what MAP replaces is pedophile. It's now minor attracted person. So they talk about the map and all kinds of code words are in there. But there's actually one email. You can go to um, WikiLeaks and type in Thelema, which I talked about earlier. And that is in there. Somebody's asking Podesta to do him a Thelema. So he actually kind of uses it in an adjective term, which is kind of strange. But it seems like they have, in my opinion. What does that mean, though? Do what? Like give me a kid for sex? No, but it's more of like a Crowley term. So like the Lima is a will, but it's also kind of his religion. So he called his religion the Lima. So it's kind of like the triumph of the will, but this idea of human will is a primacy. So so how um, did it, how did he mean it though? He said I wanted like he wanted him. Right. To- well, you can go look it up. I got to go back and look it. But somebody asked him to do me a like do me a favor. Well, like, that's the way it came out. But do me a Lima may be some kind of internal thing like. I had to look up what map meant, what the acronym map meant. And there was one, like you reference. it's like, I've got a map. Some women is actually saying, I have a map with a checkerboard and a handkerchief. That's all code words. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That sentence It makes is, sense if you're an insider. Well, of course, you, of course. Yeah. I'm saying you can read it a hundred times. And, and I mean, but they never, the government never really looked into all those connections. They just, and they intentionally, they didn't drop the ball. It just shows whoever's in power can dictate how the law is administrated. And there's there were a couple lawyers who got mixed up in that all those documents and Comet Pizza and all the occultism there. I mean, there there's a ton of stories in those in those documents. I mean, Podesta is super creepy, and uh, yeah. So those there that's an insight into. I mean, you talk about spirit cooking and blood drinking and, and Abramovich. These are all creepy people. Like I would not want to have those people in my circle of friends, but those guys were very comfortable having her around. Well, you know, and I just watched an Amazon thing about Borat debunking these conspiracies because you know he's pro, and he said that it's 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 anti-Semitic to say that because it, that it was they they accuse blood uh, Jews are doing blood libels. blood rituals. Well, we could get into that story, but the um, 
I mean, it's just a common kind of way to try to debunk. I mean, even Podesta said all those emails were debunked, but those were his emails, right? So this is kind of a way to try to overcome people knowing those emails. And those emails might have had a lot to do with why Trump was elected because people were like, hey, was this the person who's going to really be in, in supreme power? Well, you know, let them be that way in supreme power in this country and really the world. We would have been, it would have been a disaster. But you think there was people a good guy, a white hat? Or, you think there's a Borat white is a total politician. Whatever oh, is Baron Sasha Cohen. He's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all the same kind of stuff that we've had to endure for these the four years, mocking people and uh, belittling. It's just like all Hollywood stuff. I'm just a total joke. I don't think he's funny, actually. Well, I think he used to be funny back when uh, I was in as awake when he did the original Borat. But listen, I actually. I'm excited now because I consider myself a comedian, you know, and I think the comedy is so dead that somebody speaking the truth, you know, acting like Dumb and Dumber or whatever, you know, like uh, uh, what is what I mean, an Ace Ventura is one of my favorite movies. It could never be made today about a transgender, about the guy, you know, getting tricked by a transgender. That would be so right, transphobic today. So if we can just go back, if we can just tap into a, a, a mindset of comedy not that long ago. I think there's actually a, a possibility to be successful because the media is going to be so watered down and it's going to be, uh, uh, it has to be multi-ethnic instead of funny. And that's right. going to just take away any quality of actually any mainstream comedy. I'm sure they'll get a hit every once in a while, but 95% of it will be trash. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's the whole purpose of com comedy is to break those boundaries and be edgy, right? Say things that you wouldn't be able to say in other things and people then laugh at them. So I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, I think it's part of the, the whole attack against comedy and comedians right now is just part of the whole thought control, mind control of the communist left. They just don't want to have anybody think anything other than what they think is right, which is antithetical to the, the principles of the United States, which is free speech and do it to, you know, kind of do your own thing. As long as you're not breaking the law or hurting anybody. And that's uh, not the way that it is now. But yeah, it's, you know, I don't think we're in great shape as a country, so I, I hope everybody makes it through whatever's coming in the future. Yeah, but what do you think? It'll be famine? This is what they're saying is they think it'll be a cyber attack and we won't have our phones. Could you imagine if oh, how would society function for a week if we didn't have our cell phones or email or internet? Nobody could stream. People would be fighting each other for DVDs and DVD players at thrift stores, probably on eBay. Well, I mean, I mean, and power generators. I'm just saying we'd have people would have no entertainment. Yeah, and people would be stuck at home with guns. People would be, I mean, it would be just if they took away the internet. So so what do you think the biggest threat is? And I personally think it's a cyber attack. What do you think? The fake cyber know. attack. I don't know. I, I just don't think that really our, we, the government's detached itself from the people. And I don't think that's a good thing. So I don't think Joe Biden, however much he really knows, um, he's, oh, have you heard his new world order speeches? So I, I, I I'm not. And it's, uh, to me, Trump was an outsider in the kind of uh, oligopoly, and he wasn't, he was from the boroughs in New York, so he wasn't one of these old line families and didn't suck up to him. So for me, that was ideal. But I think that, that Biden really just owes his whole career to kind of not being that bright and really just going with the flow and, and uh, being a part of this, this kind of social, you know, elitism. And uh, so... You don't think they, I think they're going to humiliate Biden. You don't think that I think they use him as a like that, that, that listen, Obama doesn't like him. None of them really like him. So they put him in place knowing they got Hunter's dick pics, knowing they got all this stuff so they can just release it slowly. The senile guy and he'll take the blame. And then then we'll know no more white old men can run America. We need young AOC. 
we tried it and the last one was a creep maybe i mean they may they may pull the rug out from under him i don't know i, not, I don't know he's not running know. again you think he's gonna no run way. again no way he barely even ran this time i really watch what they he couldn't do that to the poor man he yeah. can't take I it's, feel... el- it's elder abuse so i don't know what what'll happen so who the runs the country know? then will who's fucking telling him what to do william I don't know. Kamala's, I guess, going to be the one to run everything for us. But see, we know they're not. So, like, who do we think is, like, who's in his ear? Like, a Council of Foreign Relations? I know you don't know this, but, like, who's telling Joe Biden? Because Joe Biden's sitting there like, where's my lunch? Where's my turkey? Right, he doesn't even know. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. The people who who surrounded him are probably the people really running the country. And people uh, who aren't even in power are probably the ones really making or helping make a lot of the decisions, the ones who've been in power like Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and some of these other characters that are in the Democratic Party are probably those string pullers. And he's obviously a front man. He cannot think for himself. He does these lids. He goes to sleep. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, it gets even worse, dude. They've got, I mean, yeah. Well, he's not in good shape. He should be playing shuffleboard in Palm Springs. He should not be running our country. Oh, he, and should, it's be another, having, he, should, he should be having the best life ever. But this is what I'm saying, though, William. Trump... If we really think a president has that much power, he let them railroad him all four years of that fake impeachment. He could have shut that down. He didn't shut. I mean, he he didn't. He he acts like he didn't try for optics. He could have shut down the fake pandemic or not the pandemic. He could have kept stuff open. He could have done a lot more stuff that that made him you know given him some sort of optics for the right side. But he leaned with the wrong side, like Trump did himself. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that he really was an outsider in a good and bad way. Like he did not have a real good understanding about how to put his own people in these administrative bodies and really get a whole team to work with him to run the government. Most of these people in, in those political parties have 50, 100, 200 people that if they win, they know they're going to go right into leadership roles in these huge administrative bodies like the FBICA, all this stuff. And that Trump didn't seem to have it. He operated it like it was his own office. So does and, that mean he didn't do jack shit? And does that mean the president really doesn't have that much power? Well, well, it's different, different. He's in power. Right? I know I he mean, has power, but like, really, does he have that much power? Because if he had that much power, I, shouldn't he have shut well, all that shit down? Well, you can get, I mean, that we're getting into kind of like leadership stuff. Yeah. My opinion that he didn't he he lot he didn't do some things right. But if you look at Bush Cheney, they were in power. They had all their people squad together, and uh, they run their country. The project made some for- crazy decisions, but they people knew that they were in there, and they were all time old time Republicans from his dad's engine, you know, political engine. So I think that that's if you want to juxtapose those two together, I think that's. There's a lot of different styles there. You're talking so about I, think, I don't think Trump was that great. I mean, I don't. I think people who were like, I mean, I think he was patriotic and he definitely knew how to go towards his core audience and and definitely talk to them in the way they wanted to be talked to. But I don't think that he was that skilled at uh, you know running running the country. Certainly didn't have anybody running the media. They just ran over him like a like a you know roadkill for four years. So. That was, I mean, the, it was weird. Like the new Republicans figured out after Trump got kicked out of office to kind of start their own media. They finally figured it out. Like, oh man, maybe we should start our own social media. But uh, it took them four years to kind of figure that out. So I don't, I don't, in my opinion, it wasn't, I don't think he was that astute as a politician. He was good at, at popularizing himself and being in the media. I mean, he's in their brains and they were, you know, but uh, I don't think, uh, 
don't think he was that effective, you know, really kept having his, having the reins of all of those bot, those, the vast power of the American government in this, all of his hands. I don't, I don't see that happen. And I think when you're, when you read into and see what was happening after the election was stolen, after what happened in hey, November. Stolen, we can say it because we're going to take it <laughs> off YouTube. We'll be fine on Rockfin, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's amazing that we don't have the ability to use Talk our about First this. Amendment rights. Yeah. No way. No, no. If we say election's fake, immediate. I mean, I, I can go bleep it out, but no, this is immediate. I will, but it'll take, give me a week. Well, here's how bad it is, is that all these companies that are that are compressing free speech had the benefits of the laissez-faire system of the United States to make all their money. So they are passing those constitutional benefits to the average person. Well, it's like that's, that's, that's really an example of the evil there. Well, the stock market, they've never wanted uh, uh, any sort of governmental control until all of a sudden all those stock people dominated the crypto thing. They've never wanted any sort of governmental interference. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, maybe the government should actually get involved. It's like that's how you know it's all fake. Yeah, it's a shame. So, I mean, and the, the real thing is that, like, they are the ones dictating what's going on in the government. You can see this communication between Fauci and Zuckerberg. Like, Fauci finds the need to talk to Zuckerberg like he's an important person the other way around. It's pretty incredible that, that there that's really the definition of fascism is, the you know, business and government working together. They're literally fascistic. So, they, they tell us and I mean, it should, yeah, but that should be totally unethical for Fauci to even be talking to anybody in the business world while he's trying to anticipate and handle what's going to be an epidemic. So yeah, it's unbelievable how that's tolerated. I don't know. He says that he donated $600,000, didn't want to admit that. Then they find out it's nearly $850,000. I mean, and, and all that's bullshit. Like, I'm sure he donated, who cares? But that, I mean, it's just all bullshit. Oh, was that Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg had no, no, all no, kinds I'm talking of, about huh? Fauci. I'm saying, I'm saying, Rand Paul asked Fauci. Yeah. He said he didn't donate anything. Then he admitted that it was six hundred thousand. Then they actually found out it was actually eight hundred fifty thousand. What was donated? So he couldn't even tell right. the truth when he was telling the lie. It's all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. These are all. all and that's that's the scary thing is that there isn't any consequences for these guys. There's no nothing really goes wrong. And uh, Zuckerberg set up this slush fund that spread money around during the election to benefit uh benefit biden like what how is this happening and i mean some of those to me look like bribes like i think some of his money ended up at the secretary of state in arizona or something like that like how is that not a bribe like what? you can call it uh giving you funds of money but why is somebody at a government entity taking money from that goes through different shells that, you know that comes from zuckerberg i don't know that's a bribe forever, and 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 supposedly now the government can just say cyber attack, and now they can do all this. And I heard this on Alex Jones, which I like Alex Jones. But I heard them. He said this yesterday. I don't listen to him every day, but he said of the pandemic relief money, fifty of of, of I think it was eight hundred billion, supposedly four hundred billion of it was stolen by hackers. Uh, and and that's because they can say that it's like the two point one trillion missing after nine eleven. That's why the government wanted all this stuff because they're the ones that know how to steal it and use it. It's so true. Now, I mean, that's a good excuse too. Oh, somebody stole it, but you know they know these things. Oh, somebody, you know, somebody stole the employment fund money from Nigeria, but they may be the guys inside telling the Nigerians how to do it. And that's the way it works. There's all kinds of kickbacks and slush funny slush funds and funny business like Biden's whole business with his son in Ukraine should have disqualified him for ever really being in higher office, and and that didn't seem to be a problem. And that's really actually what. 
the whole problem of Trump's impeachment, the fake impeachment was is that he was asking questions about what the Biden family are doing in Ukraine. And his son is this like, freaking raging crackhead. Raging. His dick's all over the internet. I go to GTV. I mean, I've literally seen his erection, the, the president's son's erection. That doesn't make sense. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's even get worse than that. I mean, he was. It, uh, I think he was his ex-wife or something. Said if they were around, if he was his around, niece. he couldn't be niece, around his niece without, without. Yeah, he couldn't be around his niece without Joe being there. That so it had to be like a family yeah. thing. That's and he's all. fifty. He's fifty-year-old man. So and I mean, all he he's really to me, he's benefited from the largesse of his dad his whole life, and it's probably kind of a. Yeah, he, I mean, he no has arrested development. I mean, he's a twelve-year-old in his brain. When his mom died is when he died emotionally, probably. Probably. Have you seen his weird tattoos? Like he has these tattoos on his back. Yeah, of, of the uh, finger the finger lengths. Yeah, strange. I mean, weird choices. Like, <laughs> and they're huge. Uh, Why would he have a huge finger lakes tattoo on his back? Like it's almost like something is buried in the finger lakes. I mean, that's and, and, and it's it's weird you say that because in there's an episode of The Office, like one where Jim Carrey's character comes on, he makes his big cameo, and like his main joke. And the, the one episode, he, Jim Carrey, everyone on The Office, he was always like, oh, I'm going to the Finger Lakes. I'm going to the Finger Lakes. He said the Finger Lakes like uh, 10 times. So there's something weird about the Finger Lakes. I don't know what it is. I know it's there's something to- weird about Jim Carrey, too. Have you ever seen his movie Number 23? See, I need to see that. I mean, I've seen, okay. only seen that. That's totally an occult number, right? 23 of 1 is 666. That comes out of like uh, Burroughs, Robert Anton Wilson. So it's it's kind of like a synchronistic occult number. So that 23 is definitely around. And that's probably why it's there. Maybe probably the reason why Jim Carrey was in it, in that movie. Yeah, I've heard I, weird things about Carrey. You don't get Hollywood that is super corrupt, man. It's super corrupt. It is the worst. Okay, well, listen, we've been crushing it. We've been here an hour and six minutes. I want to tell the people where they can find you. The link to the, 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 in the description, there's a link to not only your newest book, but to your website. Where everybody can find you, William, and I, I want you to uh, let the people. What do they need to know? Where can they find you next? And you know, just what do you, what do you, uh, what do you want to tell the people? What do you want to plug? Well, all my books, you can buy them if you want signed copies of William Ramsey Investigates. I did one about the occultism of 9/11, published in 2010. I did one about the farce of the West Memphis Three, why they they're not innocent and guilty at law. That was another book called Abomination: uh, Crowley's Influence on Culture. In politics as children of the beast and then my most recent book that i just put out mail in may was uh global death cult order of nine angles adam waffen and the slaughter of the innocents and really about this kind of new occult movement that started 40 years ago and starting because of the internet it's kind of permeated uh, some of these really radical groups so uh, if you want to see that i also do a podcast which is william ramsey investigates so i do a lot of interviewing i tried to do some investigative journalism and then my five documentaries are on Vimeo. So I've done five documentaries on a variety of different subjects. Uh, Smiley Face Killers was one, which is the phenomenon of young men being out late at night and uh, suddenly being found in water without nobody seeing them going swimming or, or in the water at all. So it's really kind of a creepy true crime phenomenon that's happening, not just in the US, but all over the world, UK, France, Germany. William, you have so much information. You got to come on. I'm working on a project for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And you, so we got to come on and do a 9-11 talk. Be happy to. Be yeah, happy we'll, to. We'll talk I have a lot to say. 
Send me yeah. the link to your book, or I'll buy it. I'll buy it because I want to support it. But I, I want to check that out, and then we'll talk all about 9-11 here like in two weeks or a week or two. Love to. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to join you. Okay, we'll do that. And then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the, for all the YouTube audience, we're going to have to take this off YouTube. But if you want to find this, you can go join my Patreon for five bucks. You're going to get exclusive content like this with William Ramsey, a big-time author, guys, talking about the occultic, not giving you the bullshit. He came uncensored. I tried to censor him a little bit. I tried to give him the handcuffs. He took him off fast. William's a tough son of a bitch, and I love him for it. But, guys, you're going to get the good content. You're going to get the good shit as we like to say as your weed dealer will say this is the chronic guys so uh remember that respect that and please go and support william anything else you want to say to the 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 fans out there of yours william no thanks for having me it's great to talk with you uh you know we covered a lot of topics but uh yeah go check out my uh, podcast i have a lot of interesting interviews true crime conspiracy uh authors and stuff like that that uh, people might find interesting for sure. No, you got a great channel. And uh, I'll put the actual, I didn't add the YouTube link, but I will after we are done here. So you guys, and I'll, I'll put a clip to this. I'm going to have to add it up and just post a, cl you know, a clipped up version of this because like I said, we can't say the election was fake, even though it was Chinese ballot and bullshit. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you for joining us this, day, this, uh, this uh, early afternoon, uh, Friday afternoon. And uh, William, I'll talk to you very soon. We're going to go over 9-11. So I will talk Sounds to you good. soon. Thank all you guys. Right. Peace. And good night.